0: kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply all for play foster i think so do you want to bet against us
1: Hi villains and welcome to for the Love of pomegranate podcast. Neil and Paddy back again we took a week of a sabbatical we didn't even want to take it uh, that long it's <laughs> just, uh, life gotten away over the last few days and uh, we just said we'd, we'd fire up the old podcast machine again and get something out because uh, we have great aspirations and more than aspirations we've great plans shall I say over this season to keep the content flowing and you know, bring a small bit of uh, levity and a uh, bit of crack to your day, I suppose, uh, whether it's whether you're taking the dogs for a walk or whether it's your commute back to work. Now the places are reopening again. God, we feel awful. We, myself and Paddy feel awful if you didn't have us to talk shite down the, down <laughs> the airwaves at you guys, because, uh, you know, it's a uh, it'd be a travesty, really. But um,
0: how are you doing, Paddy? I'm good. I'm very good, actually. This is It's a good day today, Neil. Season tickets are back on sale. That's it. I got notification that I'm getting my vaccine this weekend. So all is is pointing towards getting on a Ryanair flight over to Birmingham. Or it could be a boat, depending on what they're asking us to do Mm. in August. So, uh, yeah, there's light at the end of the tunnel, finally. So I'm looking forward to um, getting over and meeting a few guys again and having a few beers and having the crack. And most of all, getting in and singing a few songs
1: that's it exactly yeah you know season ticket renewals were open today obviously not new purchases only renewals of old season tickets and most likely i would imagine paddy and there's been nothing announced yet that season tickets won't Actually, go on sale today, I suppose. Well, or, or this year, should I say, they'll probably wait and see who renews, who doesn't renew, and see what, what way that breaks down. But I would imagine we won't see too many people not renewing after being a year away from Villa Park. But then again, stranger mm-hmm. things have happened, and who knows well, what financial implications people have had, yeah. and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one.
0: situation always changes over even over Absolutely. a summer, so I would imagine there will be quite a few on, on that uh, waiting list being offered season tickets mm-hmm. so um you know it, it's it, it'll be an interesting few months to see where we're at and it's not 100 percent guaranteed that we're going to have full houses in august either so it may be it may be a case where people would be at you know we could be down to a lottery again for the first few games till till they get rid of the teething problems as such so look it is what it is but all, all i can say is i'm just happy today because it's a little bit closer
1: yeah, exactly. I, I can
0: safely say it is the quickest I've ever renewed my season <laughs> <laughs> ticket. Yeah, I, just, I got the notification. Went yes, 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 yes. Take my money. There you go.
1: Dropped into cup games uh, and everything, petty. <laughs> I uh, just
0: ticked and ticked every box. Yes. I don't even know what I did at this stage. Yeah. But <laughs> I yeah. don't think that was an option. Yeah, me worried now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, it's
1: uh I'm um I'm on the waiting list. Uh, I don't expect to get a phone call this uh this uh summer, but uh it would be great. It would be great if it happened. But uh, needless to say, if we can get into Villa Park, um this year we absolutely will do our level best. And maybe you know what? Maybe we just go to Birmingham for the weekend anyway. Pfft, watch game at a pub somewhere <laughs> over there and have a bit of crack. Who knows? I just well, want to like get out get outside the country. Jesus, I was locked in my five K for long enough. Over the, last, over the last 15 16 months, we've got not been able to go outside 5k. I think broadening mm-hmm. the horizons and going for a weekend over to Birmingham wouldn't might be out of the question. I think I, I think I'm all of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a great great bit of news as I say. The season tickets are on sale, uh, are up for renewal, More, should I say, yeah. at the moment. And uh, also today was a day full of news for Aston Villa and I suppose really for football in in England, uh, in particular. Garrett Southgate decided to uh name his team and uh whew, I wouldn't like to uh you know I've been listening to an awful lot of the awful lot of radio uh today especially in reaction to the team or to the bits and pieces that were breaking should I say and bits of leaks that were coming out and you know four right backs on the, going on the plane must be a first I'd say for any English team um especially going to a, a big tournament a big tournament but uh we might talk about that. I, I, I'm Kind of, I'm a small bit flabbergasted by it, but uh, the big thing for me is Tyrone Mings and Jack Grealish are in the squad. Um, warranted, absolutely warranted. I think two of them uh, were never in my mind that I think either of the two of them weren't going to go. I had a conversation with some non villa supporting friends at the weekend last week, and they were saying that they didn't think that Tyrone Mings had done enough to be in the squad. To which I asked them. Either drink more or drink less, but either way, change their tune because they obviously don't watch football <laughs> enough. Um, but for one of the one or two ricks that the Tyrone Mings had being a left-sided central defender is absolutely pivotal to to, to the balance of any team. Um, and uh, above all else, you know, uh, he's a leader. He's a good good guy to have in a dressing room, and uh, you know, he's um he's definitely worth his place in that
0: squad. Yeah, I'd be on that side as well. Um, I think I think he's um probably one of the few beneficiaries of the system. I think that the fact that they play three at the back and he likes to play a left-footed player on the side of that tree, as you would expect, has helped him a lot in getting into that squad. And he might have struggled if it was a flat four that the the manager played or a different manager or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I'm delighted for the two guys. Um, anyone that watched the Villa game during uh during lockdown with no fans and no sound. He's a born leader. He's, he's 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 an immense immense leader on the pitch, we we'll put it. Um so you know good luck to him and I hope I hope they get minutes. It's valuable experience for them. Just hope that they don't go out there and have their heads turned. But we'll get to that later in the summer. <laughs> no, I I think for their past that I don't so. that's I that's, so, that's
1: yeah. I, I like Ashley Priest came out today and said Jack Grealish will not be sold no matter what look i think the day of having your head turned being out, being away on on, uh, on international duty as long as you aren't emi bundia um having your head turned <laughs> by um by players i think that day is kind of over because especially within the uk anyway because i think players are a lot closer regardless anyway i think the 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 i suppose the pool of agents and people who represent certain people and and the i suppose the social um aspect of things social media aspect of things i think people are in conversation all the time anyway you know, so I think if the tap-up is going to be done, it's not going to be done in the hotel room in... um, Jeez, I can't even remember where the, where the Euros are on. Where are the Euros on, Petty? I've I've they're, <laughs>
0: they're on in Wembley. If St. George's Park will be in. <laughs> yeah. But they're
1: not all over the place in Europe this year.
0: Um, they are, yeah. They're, they're are supposed the, to be. I think all of their games are going to be at Wembley. I think that's how it works. I suppose it makes more sense.
1: Them. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah.
0: more sense. But uh oh, could yeah, be, yeah, yeah, I've I'm, completely, I've got to be honest with you, I,
1: I've i completely, like, the, obviously, you know, the Dior's are on, I know, I know the groups and stuff like that, but, you know, there's been so much going on that you, you kind of forget that this is a year late, yeah. number one, and number two, supposed to be games in Dublin, in, in the Aviva in Dublin, that's mm-hmm. not happening, those games are gone somewhere else, and, you know, just lost track of absolutely everything, you know, with, with, yeah. with the pandemic, and, yeah, so, yeah, but, I don't think that Jack is gonna have his gonna have his head turned. Um, specifically. He's also in the squad. Do you know what I love, Paddy? Jack Grealish is gonna wear number seven. There's some, I don't know why, but I
0: think I when I saw that I went, Oh, that's fucking class. I've no idea why I think that's so, so great. When England plays Scotland, we we'll ha- Aston Villa will own boat number seven. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they might both, <laughs> both be on be the pitch at th- the same time, but you
1: know, bo- and when they are, they both be the best players on the field too, uh, for the respective teams. So, uh, so there is that. John McGinn, <laughs> the gold machine. John McGinn, the gold machine. Was there something like? Uh, was it nine goals in six games for Scotland, or something, or six goals in nine that's games, John McGinn? That, yeah he's an international phenomenon but Jack Grealish is in the squad as well um uh, deserved uh, I, I heard on Talk Sport, you know they were wondering that like they they seem to lump him into the same bracket as Jordan Henderson who hasn't played for six months and Harry Maguire who is only freshly injured whereas Jack Grealish has come back and and pulled the strings in mm. two and a half games really I suppose for within the Premier League and is another week uh removed from his injury so yeah. while it, while they probably are right to say he is he was an injury concern coming up to the euros I, I you know time heals all wounds essentially there's a reason it says that and he has had time on his side jordan sancho is out sick at the moment um you know but and uh, he's he's ill at the moment despite uh what's out gets said and actually pretty crazy one Je- jesse lingard was not picked in the squad and Soke came out and said, "Oh yeah, but Jesse Lingard's going to start the friendly at the weekend. <laughs> Not picked. Going to start yeah. him <laughs> because Jordan Sancho is out injured, or is out, out out ill. Um, very very strange situation for the likes of Jesse Lingard, um, the two uh, the two Bens Godfrey and White, uh, Ali Watkins. You know, those very very strange situation. I think for them." Considering this, uh, the the imbalance of the of the actual squad, the yeah. the, the English squad, um, but I look,
0: uh, there always is some strange things happen around it. Mm. You know, and and the one thing um, I heard this evening there that Ollie Watkins is staying on for the friendlies as well. He is, yeah, yeah. by choice. So good for him, if anything happens, maybe his first choice, who knows? He would have um, to be, because because Mason Green wouldn't have been ruled out, like, he's not mm, going to go over
1: Watkins and pick Bamford, who he didn't pick for the 33, so you'd have to think if anybody, if anything goes wrong in that front three, your front, like whatever formation they're going to play, you'd have to think it would be Watkins, wouldn't you?
0: Would have to be, but this is Gareth Southgate we're talking about, he's capable of doing anything. <laughs> But look, he, yes. he, he did well. He did well. To it just proves what a great season he's had to be in with a sniff of, of of being there. So, you know, there's there's better things to come for Ollie Watkins. And if, if it doesn't happen this time around, the World Cup is only a year away. So That's get your head silly. together, Ollie Watkins, and score 25 goals next season and give him a decision to make.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, or, or, you know, or whoever else is there <laughs> 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 whoever yeah it's that it was tiptoeing around that one yeah because <laughs> they have a habit of sacking
0: managers after tournaments so uh, yeah,
1: oh, yeah yeah i don't know i don't know although um, i
0: honestly don't i don't think that's on the cards this time around i think there's a bit of longevity there so he's he's doing uh, the right thing he's doing the right thing isn't so that could be a
1: whole Ollie, podcast, Ollie oh, podcast. Right oh yes by, right by yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. around
0: yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's keen. He wants to be involved, and and I think that's the right attitude to have. As much yeah. as I would like him to be resting up now and getting ready for next season, because mm. as we all know, we're, <laughs> we we we've no affiliation to any team in the Euros. So all I want is our players to to do well and come back, fit and ready to go for the new season.
1: I don't know about you, Paddy, but I'd be sporting the North Macedonians all day long. <laughs> Am I joking? I don't I don't think I could name more than two players in the North Macedonian team, Aliaski and I don't know, is uh okay. yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> uh anyway, less of this frivolous talk about the, about a competition that um Aston Villa cannot play in, and fair play to the all the Aston Villa players that will be going playing in uh Euro twenty twenty one twenty twenty slash twenty twenty-one. Um the sequel uh to <laughs> to what was last year um we're here on an altogether more important endeavor tonight um we're a week on from or a week in a day actually on from the end of season award or from the end of the season and we're here to 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 do a podcast tonight with our end of season awards in an award ceremony that we are going to call the goddies obviously named after god paul mcgrath so there was billions of euro is was euro wasn't pounds was billions of euro spent on the marketing for that and that's what we yeah. came up with it was the goddies
0: the most coveted yeah. prize in world football billion billions spent in the in the 10 seconds of time you would think of that as i woke up <laughs> this morning <laughs> exactly should we <laughs> call them the goddies yeah, that was the thought <laughs> process. <laughs> I, I was very impressed that the the yes came in capital letters. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just, Neil's impressed with the idea for once.
1: <laughs> it was great. It was great. Absolutely, the Goddies. So, it was, as I say, it was coveted prize in all of world football. You can talk about N'Golo and Golo Kante getting his uh, Ballon d'Or pales in significance to one of these gaudies. Um, and these are the inaugural goddies. so these will be the first people that will ever have their name emblazoned across the solid gold structures that they will be receiving in the post from us as soon as uh, solid
0: gold digital structures
1: <laughs> yes uh, that they'll be receiving from us but we've got a couple of categories uh for today and uh just a couple of end of season reward um awards should i say it's uh it's been a fantastic season no matter what way you slice it up it's been a great season been frustrating yes and it can both of those are true it's been it was a frustrating season in parts it was an exhilarating season in parts but all in all it was a fantastic season for Aston Villa football club stability within the league more than stability parity with teams that are better than us beating the top six as many times as we did, which is something that's completely alien to this team. Yes, the frustration came from losing to teams around us and losing to teams and drawing against teams we should have beaten. It, You know, the COVID break and lack of creativity and stuff like that. But the positives far outweigh the negatives for this football team. An identity was born through good tactics, through good coaching, through, through good players, essentially. An identity for this team was born. And 2020-2021 could be a real, real foothill for this, uh, for, or could just be the foothills for where this team wants to go, should I say. And uh, let's look back and uh, celebrate some of the great players, performances, uh, goals, whatever else we're going to be giving out awards for today. So, Paddy, I think what we're going to do is let's start off with what was your game of the season? Let's start off easy. I don't know, Paddy. Pray tell, what could be your game
0: of the season? (laughs) This is a hard question of the lot, really, isn't it? (laughs) I'd say we're both going to come up with the same one. And I think any Villa Villa fan or player you ask about this this season will tell you that the 7-2 victory over Liverpool was by far and away the best game of the season.
1: What about the nail against Burnley when we had 4 million shots? What a game that was. Ah, it's not all about the result, Paddy. Tough, it's not all about choice,
0: the result. Tough choice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely seven, two against uh, stunned into silence. I was, I had, I'll tell you, that was a great night for me. I had American football, I, I had two TVs gone and American football on one TV. The Cleveland Browns were absolutely walloping the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> which is something that nobody saw coming. And Aston Villa were absolutely wallop in Liverpool, which is something nobody <laughs> saw coming. I was halfway down a bottle, a bottle of a bottle of, uh, of um, Cardhu uh, Scottish whiskey, and I thought that the peaty notes of the whiskey had actually driven me. Delirious at one stage when I was watching, I was like, How can this potentially be happening? And then I checked my betting app and I went, Oh my god, I completely forgot I put a double on both of these teams to win. This is a fantastic (laughs) night! So that was really that was like the pinnacle of the whole lot of lockdown for me was that night. And uh, I think, I think you know, for a lot of Aston Villa fans, that's definitely the pinnacle of of, of the season for them. And uh, it's it's bittersweet, I think, for a lot of fans. We've spoken about We've spoken about season tickets and thing, uh, you know, being renewed, and, um, you know, there's quite a lot of people. I think when they think back at that, they'll go this maybe the byproduct of the game was the fact that there was no fans in the stadium. Maybe give give the players the freedom to play so well at the start of the season and to beat teams mm-hmm. like Liverpool seven two. But you know, you want to, if you're a fan of a football club, you want to see momentous and historic games like that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's one of those that we look back on for years. Like I was lucky enough to be there the day we beat Wimbledon seven one. Results yeah. like that only come around once in a blue moon for us. Maybe, maybe they'll come a bit more now that we're we're improving, we never know. But um yeah, it's it's the one the one standout game that you, oh, I wish I was there. That and beating spores away. That they, they were they were the big ones for me that I, I, I got the most enjoyment out of. But um yeah, by far and away the 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 the, the let's say the occasion of the season that we'll um We'll live long in the memory and it was also the last time i was in a pub <laughs> so it's definitely long in the memory because we locked we locked down shortly after that again and we have yeah. not pub since
1: yeah um actually geez, yeah it's like it's just become so commonplace like you know, I haven't been in a pub since then that seems like an actual lifetime ago yeah um but yeah. thankfully we're coming back to normal over here and we should be able to drink a pint this day next week actually i think it is mm. Right. I'm, I'm beating
0: the rush because i'm in a hotel on friday night so i'll be able to drink points and have a meal on friday night and saturday night and sunday night so i'm beating and beating the system by a couple of days
1: that's uh i suppose i suppose for for everybody out there who can't see my facial expressions i'll just lie to them and i'll say i'm delighted <laughs> for you yeah delighted for you patty couldn't be happier <laughs> Yeah, I don't begrudge you in any way, shape, or form. Um <laughs> so a resounding a resounding win, and uh for the inaugural Gotti for best performance of the season goes to our best game of the season, goes to Aston Villa seven, Liverpool two, one for the ages, absolutely one for the ages, and one as you say, is a generational type of game. Um Paddy, I suppose we keep on that trend and and, and not to kind of kind of bog down on a negative, but
0: what, in your view, was the worst game of the season? Um, there's a few choices here now. Not too many, I have to say. Um, the 3-0 loss to Leeds stands out, but I think, for me, the worst performance was the 45 minutes against Southampton where we went in a half-time 3-0 down and just were absolutely abysmal for that. Um, we we obviously came back and we only lost four three in the end. And if there had been a few more minutes left in the game, um, we we probably could have went on and nicked the point out of it. Um, and we did push on the following week and beat Arsenal. But uh, that forty five minutes against Southampton was the hardest watch for me this season.
1: Yeah, I uh, I felt there was something slipping away. There and not slipping away, but I felt that that was uh, a that's definitely not the word I wanted to use. What am I going to what's what did I want to say there? It was like I felt that that was very out of character for us, Um, and but it 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 came on the heels of the Leeds game, that you mentioned yeah. the 3-0 against Leeds. So you had the Leeds game then I think we had a win or two in the middle and then we had that Southampton game and you were kind of going this is all the character now from what we've seen at the start of the season. So I think, definitely I think, that's... I
0: think one after another. I think they're one week after another which, which made it worse. So. We, we, I thought we were going to bounce back against Southampton and we were just abysmal. Now we did bounce... I, I, I actually thought that was the end of the road of this magic run that we were going on and we weren't going to see any more... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Magic days, but there was a few more afterwards. And, and was. One, one came the following week against Arsenal. Yeah. So,
1: um, and then, then Goldzi uh, laced up his boots then in December, and you know, kind of yeah, dragged the bandwagon along with him himself. My my pick, my the two that come to that spring to mind for me is um, the loss against uh, West Ham, um, yeah. where they played the two right backs and kind of marked Jack out of it. I thought we were bad that day. We just played very poorly that day. I think that was more of a poor performance. I think West Ham played really, really well. But the game that stands out for me is the only game that I can specifically say that we were outplayed in the whole lot of the season. Last season was the 3-0 against Leeds. Uh, They outplayed us in that second half. They got lucky. There was a bit of shithousery. There was everything that you would expect in a high-octane game like that. But they got it right. We got it wrong. And that was very like that they're a team that finished in around us. And not, you know, not denigrating leads or anything like that. But you know, at that time we were playing high out, you know, above ourselves. We we're playing above our station, beating teams we shouldn't have beaten. And uh yeah. it was a bit of a it was a bit of a bolt from the blue. Uh newly promoted team potentially you know could they keep that high acting performance up they absolutely did throughout the course of the season but they they exposed uh how easy it was to switch the play on us and to stretch our midfield tree and while it didn't give teams the blueprint on how to beat us it gave teams a blueprint on how to uh, you know, land early punches on us, I think. Um, our land and Brighton took control. Like Brighton did exactly the same thing. They yeah, literally, yeah. Brighton stole the playbook directly from Bielsa that day. And yeah. they beat us twice with it. So, and it
0: was, it was that month, um, you know, lo- losing to Leeds, losing to Southampton. We then went to beat Arsenal 3-0, then lost to Brighton, lost to West Ham. The, the, the Those results, e- either side of that. And bear in mind that the, the 3-0 loss to Leeds had come after beating Liverpool 7-2 and Leicester 1-0. You know, it was just a crazy run of results to go from playing so well and, you know, having won our first four games to, to see it just fall apart was a bit hard to take. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably agree with you in lean towards the Leeds one as an overall game was probably the worst.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't give up Goddies for the worst performances, but it's worth discussing it anyway. Um, yeah. you know, that, we're not sending a Goddie to Leeds. Um, I don't have any animosities towards them, not like you, Paddy, but we're not sending them a Goddie.
0: Um, Paddy, who, uh, what was the best goal of the season for you? I think we're going to differ on this one, Neil. We definitely will, because. Yeah. And the I reason we're, we're going dif- to differ on this one is if there was. A moment of the season award. This goal would be the moment of the season. And the goal I've picked is Louis Barry's goal against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Because I think that was probably the goal that I celebrated the most, even above the seven goals we scored against Liverpool. It was just one of those incredible moments where you're looking at our kids, who we thought would be rabbits in the headlights, who really went and took on the best team And and let's be fair, they put out a full team. Um they, they took on at the time with the champions of England and absolutely gave it to them. They obviously were never going to sustain it for 90 minutes, but I'll never forget the celebration of that goal in my in my living room when that ball went in. It was just an incredible moment. And take nothing away from the fact not only was it an incredible moment, the 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 pass, the run the finish, everything about it was world-class, absolute world-class finish. And uh, for me, I you know, there's, there's been many goals that would stand up there. Um, Bertrand triori has a couple. El Ghazi has one that he pinged into the top corner. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, I won't go any further in picking more out because I'm sure you're going to pick something different. Yeah, before I do, I'm just going to go back there. We spoke
1: When we spoke about game of the season, Arguably, you could have any three games against Liverpool this this year. You could have the seven two. You could have the FA Cup game for what it meant to those young kids, and then you could have the the Youth Cup final. All of them were fantastic performances oh, really? against yep. the run of play, against all odds. You know, just just came to came showed up to play against Liverpool teams. You know, um, regardless of. What was thrown out against them, and whatever age group. So uh, that's yeah. an interesting one. Actually, they were probably be the, the the three that would spring to mind of the most memorable and uh, influential performances I think of the season. But your my goal of the season, my goal of the season was Bertrand Torres against West Bromwich Albion. You will never see somebody pass the ball into the net like that yeah. ever again. That was just ridiculous. Like the man is. I don't want to call him like he's an acrobat with the ball at his feet. What he can do with the ball at his feet is it's brilliant. It's it's frustrating as all hell. And we've said this and I feel like a broken record. And I understand. Look, there's times I'm looking at the screen. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, take him off sometimes. But when he does something like that, like that's ridiculous. If you did that, if you did that in the schoolyard, you would talk about it forever. You know, it's the nonchalantness, the cockiness, the complete and utter self-confidence and the flat footedness that Sam (laughs) Johnson showed. It was just bold. That's what I would call it. It was just like literally rub your face in the mud. I am way better at football than all of you guys put together. And he just literally just. Just it was just a beautiful pass, yeah. <laughs> you know. It just rolled into the back of the net. Keeper didn't. <laughs> if keeper dived, you wouldn't have had a chance at it. It was just confidence personified for me. I think that that's that was my favorite goal of the season. It's not going to make goal of the season for Aston Villa, but it was my favorite goal of the season. He, he probably, you know, he scored better goals. His goal against, um, his goal against, uh, uh. What's this his goal against Bristol City and, and, and his goal was it against against United, uh, when he rolled Lindelof and uh and pinged it in the top corner. Like they're more they're better spectacles, but like you see those, you see those nearly once a week, once every two weeks, once every three weeks in the league. You never see a goal like he scored against West Brom. You just never see it. That is just pure and utter shithosery and cockiness. So that for me would be uh the goal, uh the goal of the season. Um, for Aston Villa, so two their underway—one to Louis Barry, a one to Bertrand Troy. Because I think we'd be here all night if we were to debate which one was which. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's, it's, I'm I'm not backing down from Bertrand Troy, and yeah. I'm with the Sundays. I just love <laughs> and, and it, and I'm not either.
0: I'm not either. I'll, <laughs> I'll never I'll never forget how we celebrated that goal. Um, a notable one to uh, to add in there is Ross Barkley's goal against Leicester. To, yes. to score a goal like that you know in injury time to win to win against a team who are ultimately going to finish in in around the top four who are light years ahead of us according to everybody and and to go and beat them and you know that was just an incredible week after beating Liverpool the week before maybe we just ran out of steam by the time we played Leeds the week after but um yeah it was it was just unbelievable um is it one of those that you know we danced around the place when when the when the ball went in, but uh, it is worth not, worth noting because he gets a bit of stick, obviously.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, where are we going next? So we've done goal of the season, game of the season, worst game of the season. Who was uh, uh who was Villa's best player of the season? Or sorry, actually, who was Villa's best signing of the season? Who do you think?
0: Um, for me, it's a it, it's it's a very it's it's very unfair because we've we've so yeah. many of them. But uh, for those that are watching on YouTube, you will see me sitting here in my uh, green goalkeeper shirt. Um This man has won so many points for us uh, this season. He's he's turned out to be an incredible boy. I I'll go back and and I always have a little snigger at how people laughed at us when we spent so much money on Arsenal's reserve goalkeeper. This guy is world class he's He's equaled their Premier League clean sheets record and more. he's he's saved us so much throughout the season. For me, he he's probably the signing of the Premier League, let alone mm. from what we what we've signed. So for me, the sign of the season is Emmy Martinez.
1: can't disagree? Absolutely can't disagree. Like everybody we signed this off season has contributed in some way, shape or form. Matty Cash has come into the league. He is, you know, there was questions over whether he could play right back at this level. You know, he'd only a season of playing right back in the championship previously. Mm. And at that they said, oh, he's a bit iffy defensively. He, he certainly didn't show it anyway in the Premier yeah, League. Definitely not. Uh, definitely didn't. Emmy Martin, as you say, Ollie Watkins, Look, we've spoken about him at the start. The man is, uh, his star is definitely on the rise. Bertrand Traore, we just spoke about he's frustra- how frustrating he can be and how, how mesmeric he can be as well at certain times. You know, So they, they got recruitment spot on, I think, uh, for what they needed. Um, they got goals from the people they needed goals from. They stopped goals at the other end from the people they needed to stop goals. But Emmy Martinez, absolutely, you know, equaling the record for, with Brad Friedel, uh, better, you know, perceived better goalkeepers have come and gone. To Aston Villa and haven't been able to do that. Um, yeah. but Emmy Martinez is going to be a star for this club. Um, I genuinely believe, and I know there's a bit of movement with goalkeepers at the moment. Donnarumma is moving around the place, and you know, and and, but. I genuinely believe there will be big bids for Demi Martinez over the next couple of seasons. I genuinely believe it. Um, And it's up to Aston Villa to put ourselves in a position where we can knock those bids back. If Spurs can hold on to a keeper like Hugo Lloris, we can hold on to a goalkeeper like Demi Martinez. And I think that that's as pivotal as anything else because he has been transformative, I think is the word I would use, for our defensive uh, capabilities, our leadership capabilities. And just a whole just a confidence piece, and, and and um, and and that's something we have missed sorely. Yeah.
0: And in saying that, a special mention goes out to how well our back four did, you know, and a lot of a lot yeah. of that contra- contributed to the amount of clean sheets that he had rather than just the saves. So it's 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 a it's it has definitely been a team game and a squad game for us this season, albeit our squad isn't quite big enough or up to the standard of changing games but especially mention the defense because the defense have been immense all season and without, without them there's a lot more shots raining in on Amy martinez but in fairness you know to, to 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 pull a record like that out of the bag um on your first season your first full season in the Premier League he I don't I don't think in 10 years he's played that amount of games let alone no. played them in one Not season that in the Premier League anyway no. yeah and uh, yeah, and then even when fans came in, he was immense against uh, Chelsea and he was immense against Spurs. So they mm. said he couldn't play with fans in the stadium. So all all proved wrong and he's just been a brilliant signing.
1: Absolutely. No, fair play to Amy Martinez. Paddy, most improved player. I think we might have, I think we
0: two, both of us might have the same person for this too. Mm, possibly. <sighs> um, it was an easy one for me. I went with Matt Target. Um, I think when he came in, the jury was out for a long period of time, but he's just been absolutely phenomenal all season. Um, up there for player of the season, yep. um, missed their consistency. He very rarely made a mistake. Um, worked on so many aspects of his game um, between the start of last season and the end of this season. He's just he's just unbelievable, the difference in the man. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly can't see... Uh, I can't see past it for me. Don't adjust
1: your headsets. There is nothing wrong with whatever device you're listening to this on. I think there's a good shout and a good case to be made that Anwar El Ghazi is the most improved player for this year. I'm not going to give it to him, but I'm going to put him in there as an honorable mention. Anwar El Ghazi, double figures and goals. Um, contributed an awful lot more this season looked like he wanted things a bit more this season yes he's never going to be a defensive colossus out there i think if i i think that's my naivety my stupidity my um i think it was a very idyllic thing for me to want him to be an and an all things to everybody british quote-unquote type player He's not going to be that guy. Yeah. What he did this year was he got goals when we needed him. He did the right things when we needed him, and he was frustrating. He took like forty two thousand shots as well against Burnley that day. Um, you know, so he still has learning to do with twenty five years of age. But Anwar Gazi, if you were to ask me last year, would he get anywhere near the Dutch squad for the Euros? You would have laughed all the way heartily to whatever um you know away think, from me if i was to say i that. think
0: i would have laughed if you said he was getting anywhere near the village Villa considering
1: yeah. he only played half you played realistically only played really from the end of november onwards when Barkley got injured yeah um El came into his own El Golzi was formed and uh you know criticism where it's due we did give him a bit of stick Look, he's not going to be that lion heart that we maybe were used to seeing, but God, he got us goals when we needed it, and I think like he deserves a massive honourable mention for this. But Matt, like, it's there's there's no um there's no coincidence that he's on the same wing as Matt Target, and, and just the steadying presence of a Matt Target that's been there this year. Um, we spoke about the England squad. Like there's there's two brilliant left backs in there, and Chilwell Chilwell gave an exhibition in the in the Champions League final. Luke Shaw's been brilliant all year. You'd have to think Matt Target is the next in line there. Um, but that just goes to show because once again there was doubts over Matt Target's fitness. There was doubts over his will to win, over his stomach for the game, um, last year as well. Not from us, but you know you would have heard mm. it on Villa Twitter and in some corners of the world. But, um fair I play Tim. he's I absolutely put it, I, I put it this
0: important. way: if um, if we were having a conversation today about Garrett Soke bringing four left backs as opposed yeah. to four right backs he'd be in there hands down i don't i don't think there would be any complaints either
1: like it, it is yeah like when you think about it he brought trippier to play right hand left back and fantastic season the current K- trippier has had but you know He's not going to do as good a job left back as Matt Target if he's needed to play a left no. back, you know. So like, and he brought Saka as well, who's played left back too. But uh, well, this isn't the podcast for this. But I, know no. I, I, I think that there's in you know, a lot of houses. All, all I, I, I was more known, making known reference. Right to the fact
0: that he took four right backs, but oh you know, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, yes, he, yes, yes, he would definitely be in there if there was if there was three left backs. I think Absolutely. he's next to nine for sure.
1: Yeah. So Matt Target is the recipient of. Most improved player Gaudi, 2021. And that brings us to the most prestigious award that we have. Actually, no, it doesn't. Before we go uh, before we go to this, this is one that we don't even have in the list. I'm going to spring it on you, patty. Um, our, <laughs> youth, our youth teams and our academy players have obviously hit the highs and the highlights this year, and we've got some really exciting people coming through. And as I say, we haven't discussed this. You're going to have to think on your feet here. But Academy Player of the Year for you, Paddy, and for what you've seen, it's very easy to go carry Chuck and you may very well do that. But Academy Player of the Year for you and what you've seen, who would you give the God eat to?
0: That's a difficult one. That is a difficult one. Um, <laughs> when you think of uh, Aaron Ramsey, Kane Hayden, Kessler, Louis Barry, has had a good day. Brad Young is a good day. Um, well, I could keep going through, throughout them all, but I'm I'm just going to stop now and tell you that Carney Chukwemeka is for me the academy player of the year. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Um, it, it, at this stage, I, I don't even see him as an academy player. He mm-hmm. he's he's a first team squad member, and I hope he will be for many years to come. And I look forward to seeing him progress and progress into this squad as 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 a leader as a player that can offer something different. And it's just so much potential there. So I just hope we tie him down to a contract, get him there on the long term and mould him into a beast of a midfielder that's going to drive us on.
1: I was convinced you were going to go with Akash and the goalkeeper to play against Liverpool, because <laughs> if I remember rightly for about a week afterwards, you spoke very highly of Akash oh, and of course. He was, yeah. he was definitely, definitely, you know, on your radar there and we didn't see him an awful lot. Actually, we, we didn't, we didn't see him an awful lot after that game and Philip Marshall came in and, and kind of, I won't say took his place, but Philip Marshall came in there and, and, and was preferred over him. Um, and, yeah. I've, throughout the course of this year, I've been really impressed with it and I've just been impressed in, in literally like even the physical growth. I've mentioned this a couple of times of um Arjun Recky. Uh, he's actually literally grown up in front of us this year. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten uh, faster. And, you know, d- like. He must be quietly sitting down and crossing his crossing his legs and sitting back and admiring what people are saying about him because he's got this, you know, he's getting like he's getting a moniker of a midfield passing machine, you know, a technical genius for passing the ball, like like almost like they're it's he's like he's like the like a Pirlo type about a tempo dictator of the game in the middle of the field there that's fantastic and anyone who gets known as that is is it, like that's a really good thing to be known as as because they don't come along and you know they aren't very much uh produced within the british game uh, th- look i know there are people who have been there but they're not they're not too a penny in the british game those type of guys you know yeah. it's they, like it, there's a lot more lung busters there's a lot more john mcginns in uh in the british game than there are argent Reckies. And I know Arjun was only playing at that age, but you know what I'm talking about. doesn't make any mistakes. So he's passing his range of passing is very good. He's cool. He's calves collected people. He puts a lot on his own shoulders to unlock teams or to at least, you know, keep the continuity of, of, of play and, and, and the game going inside there. And that's a tough yeah. job on its own as well. Um, but as you say, man against boys stuff, Carney Chuck Mueka is, he's a gazelle. He's, um, think like there's touches of Usain Bolt in him, the way he moves across the He glides across the place. He's got a touch of Patrick Vieira in him. He's got a touch of uh, like there's 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 a bit of you know, when he opens up the body and strikes that ball home, there's a touch of Burkamp in there somewhere as well. You know, he's uh, He doesn't have the same trickiness as Burkamp. But look, I'm painting the picture, I'm actually probably painting the picture of a great Arsenal player here for some strange <laughs> reason. But uh, Jesus, if we got a mixture of the two of those, it'd be fantastic. But he, like you know, uh, a blind man would know that he's a fantastic footballer, you know, just from, if somebody sure. just called out his measurables and, and what he's done, you, you'd know he was good. And, and we're damn lucky to have him in a, and you know, he could solve an awful lot of problems in that number 10 position for Aston Villa next year, but he is the worthy uh, recipient of, of, of the glady award for the best, um, Academy player. And, and, and I think next year that, uh, you know, we still have some players on that team. There will be a lot of those players in that team that would be in the academy, and, and I think we're gonna see a lot of those players step up, but you would have mm-hmm. wanted to have step made a giant step to overstep Carni chuck Mueca, uh arguably the best uh under eighteen player, probably in in one of the best in probably best in, in the UK, you might even say at this stage. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and before so fair before, you. before you move on, we won't we won't leave Acosta Nodi without without saying the reason we didn't see him this season. He's actually too old for the over eight, under eighteens. Yeah. Even though he played against Liverpool, he's actually too old. But uh, he's the makings of a good goalkeeper, and I know he his, his hungry. He plays for, isn't it? Yeah. There, there was talks of of him training with the senior squad and everything so they have high hopes for him too so i think all around our, our uh our underage setup is progressing very well we're still bringing in young players yep we even signed a 13 year old <laughs> recently you know all of these things are happening behind the scenes or not even behind the scenes because we, they're all making headline news now because we, you know villa is the place to be if, you, if you're going to be that age and progressing and the under 18s will progress further a lot of them will move now into the under 23s and even mm-hmm. into the first team squad so um if that's going to be the case there's going to be it's going to be it within the midlands for sure it's going to be the place of choice for the for the young player of the future to come and play because they know they're going to get that opportunity
1: yeah and, and and I think we're going to see more players probably come in at that level that we will see in the senior team this year and uh you know what i'll be as excited about every single one of them as i would be as if they were in the senior team Um, i think we've gotten the love back for um for academy players and there's nothing we will grab you by the by the heart and drag you back into a club like having a real successful academy because you know there's you're less likely to see the the how will i put it the trappings of uh capitalistic age and greed at that level and you and you're like you're more likely to see the, the i suppose the more uh traditional kind of um quote unquote i'm going to say loyalty but at least it, camaraderie and team camaraderie at that age yeah. because just because of the age of them and uh it's fantastic Like can and uh that academy could go places under mark harrison it really really could uh, and i hope it absolutely does um and you know what, I'm going to throw another award that we don't have down there, down uh, on the list as well to you, Paddy. Um, I'm going to term it as Clubman of the Year. So non-playing, so staff member. Staff member of the year that we would give a a, a godita It could be manager of any team. It could be a coach of any team. It could be anything. Um, it could when, be when you personal.
0: Started, you- when you said it there, I was like, oh, shit, he landed in here. <laughs> but I, I have one. That's why yeah, I was saying. The one that springs to mind is, is somebody who has undoubtedly transformed how we improve from the start of the season in our, in our attacking um, set up. And, and I'm no doubt putting that down to Craig Shakespeare. So, um, you know, there's, there's many more recipients there. Um, Mark Harrison, Sean Verity. Um, Mark Delaney, you know all of these guys all get an honorable mention but uh for me the first team is most important first and foremost so i'm going to give it to craig shakespeare
1: I'm okay with giving out two for this. Craig Shakespeare, but <laughs> yeah. I I
0: think I think I think Sean Verity definitely deserves one.
1: Twenty years at the club, um, broke through the glass ceiling with this team. Yes, it was a talented team, but you can uh, there's often been talented teams that have been mismanaged. Sean Verity certainly did not mismanage this team. He's got his he's he's reaped the rewards, he's been a man true and true, steeped in coaching um at every level within the club. And uh to not I, th- I think to, like it's the only it's the only cup we won this year, so you know mm. I think I think that definitely deserves yeah. something. So for me, longevity coupled with success, uh, Sean Verity would get one from me. Um, mm. But definitely, you know, Craig Shakespeare has been a transformative, um, transformative voice within that dressing room, within the senior team, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't say a bad word about that selection too as well. Uh, so, Paddy, this brings us to our player of. The prestigious one, best actor. category, If you will,
0: yeah. So the, p- the people are going to be bored with you know at this stage, but uh I really have no choice but to give it to Emmy Martinez for all the for all the reasons that we mentioned previously. The the guy is just an absolute hero. You know, as I said, you're looking on YouTube. I'm wearing his short. The reason I'm wearing his short is the it's the first goalkeeping short I've bought since the glorious Mark Bosnitz shirt back in 1995-96 I believe. Just um, have that shirt
1: that shirt they're they're fetching like 400 quid and I'll have to have look.
0: At the <laughs> That was somewhere. Um, that pay for but, your season <laughs> ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, you know I, I believe we look back at this shirt in the in the same uh, in the same fashion in for years to come that that was the shirt that Emmy Martin has announced himself to the world and announced himself to to Villa fans and endeared himself to Villa fans Um, because, you know, for me, if if I was to answer the question now, he's the second best goalkeeper I've ever seen play for Aston Villa and if he keeps going the way he is, he'll be the best. Um, He's been absolutely top drawer. Not without a couple of errors. There has been the odd error. Um, Probably misblamed for an error against Spurs. There was uh, a couple of ones he got away with as well. So, look, the er errors are part and parcel of the game. People are going to make errors. But, by God, did Emmy Martin um, help people out with their errors so many times this season and get people out of jail. And he probably attributed to maybe 10 or 15 points for us this season. He's just been unbelievable. I know it's boring giving him best signing and best player, but, I've got to be. I've got to be true to myself and be honest. Mm. That's exactly how I feel about it.
1: That's why I went to you first with that one. That's why I didn't give my um, my opinion because I knew you were going to go there. And to be honest with you, I agree with you. Uh, it's a tight window. I could very easily yeah. have given that to Ali Watkins. And the reason why, because goal, like you did mention that. He, he's probably saved us whatever however many points. You know, we haven't tallied it up. Like, obviously, the Wolves game. We don't come with a NASA's roar of being yeah. Wolves 1-0 only for Emmy Martinez. um There's been a couple of games like that this season. But, like, the older dash is the goals win games, you know? And uh, Ollie Watkins got goals this season. And he mm. got goals in big games. um Probably the biggest the biggest criticism you could have of Ollie Watkins is that he scored goals in bunches. Um, yeah, but I think that that's like, it's, it's a criticism. If you look at what's, what's termed the box score of just looking at the numbers, but Ollie Watkins transcends those goals. And he, the reason he transcends it is his work ethic and effort and endeavor. And the fact that he absolutely, only for his red card, he would have played every minute of every game this season, you know? um, and that red card shouldn't have been a red card. <laughs> we might get out to that in a moment. <laughs> but uh, Ollie Watkins was fantastic. And I think in any any other given year, in any other league for any other team, Oli Watkins will win their player of the year. But he just came up against an actual figurative and literal block wall that was yeah. <laughs> semi Martinez. And I think, you know, we can't, we can't sit here and, and not give it to him because, um, you know, he's the best goalkeeper. He was the best goalkeeper on form in the Premier League last year. And uh, I think it was something like, I think his statistics came out whereby he was something like in the top three or the top five goalkeepers in Europe. So yeah. that's saying something. And that's why I think there's going to be some hefty, lofty bids made for that man over the coming years. And we won't just have one uh, there won't be just one transfer saga. I think over the next few years, of will Jack Realish be going. I think it'll be Jack and Emmy Martinez, because I think they're both going to be as equally as as valuable to a team who needs to to go, you know, push themselves over the line, maybe to win a Champions League or something like that. And look, yeah. we'll just have to win the Champions League before they leave, won't we? We've got uh we we'll just have to do that to make sure they stay. And uh, so, yeah, Emi Martinez, congratulations! You've won the body for best player of the year now. I know we've been on for quite a while, but it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't give out, I suppose, have, have a couple of conversations about maybe some of the less salubrious parts of the game. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you will know that there are two things that we that frustrate us, I'm going to say. I'm not going to say hate or dislike. I'm going to say frustrate us more than anything in the world. Referees and football pundits and we're going to have a little quick chat patty who do you, what uh, i've got to ask you who do you think has been the best football pundit that's covered villa this year um that's covered villa well the best football pundit this year because none of them have been very good when they've covered villa
0: yeah well there's a, there's a couple there's a couple of people that i've really enjoyed this year um i suppose the first one is Patrice Evra um, I really liked how he spoke with a ha- he spoke with his heart in his sleeve. It, ironically, it was the day that Villa won seven two, that Man United lost six one to Spurs, and I just thought a lot of people call it an outburst. I just thought it was an outpouring of emotion that he, he basically handed in his resignation that night. If they if they accepted it, I don't know, but um, he he it was just you know speaking and and every time I've seen him, he speaks. From the heart, the, there's nobody pulling the strings behind behind telling them what to say, which can be said for a lot of a lot of these pundits. Um, and the other one f- for a mention is is Richard Keyes. I've watched a lot of games on on B Sports where he's uh, been an exile too since his uh, <laughs> we call it a second. Was he sacked? I don't know. Well, since he since was, he's back, yeah by, yeah he's um, sacked yeah. And what I liked about Richard Keyes this year, he basically called things out as they happened as being utter bollocks when when she happened with uh Manchester City and that that stupid goal that they allowed against us and then changed the rules afterwards he called it bollocks last week when Harry Kane when uh Ollie Watkins didn't get a penalty he referred to the Harry Kane incident a few weeks earlier and called it bollocks and and that's exactly what you want to you want people to be objective you want to be able to say things and unfortunately the 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 load of tripe that we have to listen to week in week out we don't hear it from our mainstream media so we'd go a little bit further afield (laughs) to to find it but uh torn between the two but because because he he told it like it is i think i'll give it and because he's been more animated and more often on my screen i'll go richard keys yeah yeah um and I, I definitely don't. wouldn't have said that when he was with Sky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um my two are I've I've got one that's not a Sky and uh, uh, not like the pundit that I enjoy watching the most is a guy that and he's claim to fame is that he started a striker uh, as the striker of an Irish under 18 team that finished third in the under 18 world cup or was the European championships or world <laughs> cup. And this is flashed up in the screen. This is a hilarious <laughs> thing. Like it's flashed up the screen under his name as he's claim to fame, but Richard Sadler, you could just listen to him all day. I think he's very good. Bit of a bollocks people. Some people don't like him. Some people find him kind of sending, but like that, he call it as it is. And, um, I, I, I actually I, I I like him. So for any for any of the Irish fans out there, you might have a crack off me if you don't if you dislike him. But any of the, any of the guys over there in England, this guy talks a small bit of sense. He, he I can understand why people dislike him, but but I actually really really like him. But on the Sky side of things, I really like Jamie Carragher. I'm gonna just say it. I think Carragher is really really good as long as he's not commentating on an Aston Villa versus Liverpool game. I could listen to Jamie Carragher. Way more than I could listen to Gary Neville, and um, but I just problem, like him.
0: The problem is when we play Man United, we we'll love Gary Neville. When we play, that's it. We'll have Jamie Carragher. Yeah, and that's not how it should be because no, oh, not, we've spoken not, about that. They're not impartial, anyway. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're, no, they are not. Both yeah. of
1: them were born. Jamie
0: Carragher speaks, speaks exceptionally well when he's yeah. not talking about Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's a, you know, Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and and you know, as I say, I I think I think he is probably the, the the top pundit there Well, actually do you know what lemur senior is the best pundit that sky have and they don't even know it and i don't even think he's there again this year i think he's i think he got a job coaching but uh another job coaching but he's the best pundit he was brilliant yep, when were in the coach. championship and they didn't even know what they had um or maybe they did and they didn't want to promote him because he wasn't a big known name but lemur yeah. senior was absolutely fantastic anyway paddy We're going to finish up in this. A topic that's close to your heart. What was the shittest refereeing decision made against Aston
0: Villa this season? Uh, Well, you see, there's two, right? There's about 12. No, but there's two that stand out in my mind. And I remember going absolutely book eight at the time when it happened. So I think I should mention the two of them because um, it's the same referee because it happened in the same game. And uh, it was John Moss uh, first off, allowing the goal against uh, against Manchester City. Roger, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, bearing in mind that the you know probably did follow the letter of the law, if if that is the letter of the law, and if that's the letter of the law, the law is an ass. They changed it what three or four days later. They changed the rules to ensure yeah. that never happened again, and as a result it's just
1: interpretation petty oh yeah so exactly was
0: wrong with the rule yeah. it was the interpretation of the rule and and because of that we, we we fast forward to when we played liverpool at anfield and we watched about 27 replays of matty cash not touching the ball it just it just that was one of the the mind boggling ones but the main mind boggling one after that was the sending off of dean smith who remained completely calm asked questions on the sideline let us his thoughts be heard and he got a red card. But when the other managers did it, the fourth official calmed them down. There was no intervention from a referee. And, you know, if he did say, did you get juggling balls for Christmas? Does that warrant the red card? I hope he called him a fucking clown because that's what he is. <laughs> so uh, if, if there was an award for worst referee of the year, he'd get it too. I just think he's absolutely terrible absolutely terrible but um the the question i always ask when, when decisions are made is w- would it got would it have gone at the other end w- would w- would 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 we have got the decision and i think that was proved when, when we saw later in the season uh, pep guardiola absolutely losing his shit and nobody sending him off or calming him down or giving him a yellow card so it's a double standards uh refereeing throughout the league one rule for them one rule for us but that goal coupled with uh, Dean Smith's being sent off against Manchester City, I thought was absolutely pathetic.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. The big high-profile one was definitely the Rodri e one, I think, for sure. Um, the one that I'm a bit really disappointed,
0: Neil, because it was nice and relaxed here, just talking about a nice scene. <laughs> and now you put me in bad form and I've got to go to bed. i got,
1: I, I got to put you in even worse form, because I think, I, I think for me, the one that literally made steam come out my ears was the Pogba penalty on New Year's Day. I think that, uh, like, I'm I'm ninety percent certain I burst the blood vessel just with anger at that one because the amount of times once again, and this is probably it's probably a criticism more so of VAR than it is of refereeing, uh, and this one really got me. It got me hard because we were playing really well, and this one took all the the you know the the momentum, the wind out of our sails. But you can clearly see that Pogba trips himself. It's there, like you can see Pogba trips yeah. himself and uh, United get that penalty, you know. And it wasn't as if it wasn't a talking point already that United get cheap penalties. But the thing, the reason, but but the like the reason that it boiled my blood was it's well documented now that Pogba was roaring and shouting at Luke Shaw saying, why didn't you go down five minutes before that? Yeah. And then the next
0: It wasn't even that he roared and shouted. He actually simulated with his hands that he could dive. And that that for me in itself is bringing the game into disrepute and he was never called up on it. It goes back to what I said. One rule for them, another rule for us. You, You take it forward a bit later in the season. They're talking about giving Cavani goal of the season. Goal of the season when he was fucking offside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same thing happened with Robin van Persie against us seven or eight years ago. Scores this majestic goal, and nobody even mentions the fact he's offside. So, there you go. That's yep. uh, we we could go on these all night. I'm sure. I even mentioned yep. the I mentioned the the double standards with with the Harry Kane penalty, and Ollie Watkins yep. not getting the penalty. I think I think that's case closed. If anybody yep. tells me otherwise, I haven't looked at those two. Identical. Well, not even identical, because ours ours was a situationally <laughs> the
1: situation identical. Like, like they were situationally identical. The fact that yes, the ball was gone out of play could he have affected the play with ball? No. Harry Kane actually let the ball go to play and then moved his body to initiate contact. They're both penalties, but they're both once again the laws and ass.
0: No, well, I, I I'd say they're both not penalties, but if if they give one, they have to give the other. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: that's yeah, that's that's probably a better explanation. What I was going to say. Um. Anyway, that's going to do it. I think uh, that's been a nice little roundup. You know, would have been remiss for us not to we did we've, did, we've done enough talking about referees and pundits. Would have been remiss for us not <laughs> to talk about those. Um. But this has been a good trip down memory lane over the course of this season. Right. Yes, a lot of the stuff was stuff you could probably have you know. The, that was undisputable like emmy martinez could have taken away another 12 more um awards if we had them like uh performance of the season uh mm-hmm. demi martinez against wolves probably gets that as well you know or jack Relish against against um liverpool probably gets yeah. that you know so there was, there was there was a lot of those but we said we cut it at what we had because we're here an hour and we could be yeah. an awful lot longer but um well, as i said at the yeah. very just before we
0: go, you know, we have we have to remember that Jack Grealish missed the tour of the season, yeah. 100%. And and in the two tours he was there, he was absolutely magnificent. We we barely even mentioned we barely even mentioned him tonight. And another special mention for a man close to my heart, and that's Dean Smith. Yeah. All we wanted was progression. I think we got better than we even anticipated. We get so uh, progression again next year, Dean, and we'll all be happy. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. It doesn't have to Great. be twenty points again. If it is twenty points, brilliant.
1: But yeah. it doesn't have to be. <laughs> we'll be book we want not be booking season tickets, Paddy. We'll be booking tickets in the continent if it's it in, if Europe. it's twenty yeah. points. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um but guys, so we're going to wrap it up. We're going to leave it there. Thanks so much to everybody. As I said at the start of the podcast, we're not going anywhere over the summer. Um, I don't have anything else to do other than do these things. So, uh, so you're stuck with me, guys. It's your, it's your fault. It's your fault that I still keep coming back. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I, I I love doing I love doing podcasts and so does Patty. So we're going to be with you through a whole lot of the summer. Um, looking at transfer targets, discussing transfer bits and pieces, and 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 wrote a couple of. Bits and pieces up our sleeve but thanks so much to everybody for listening thanks for everything you do for the podcast like and share this podcast on all social media if you can, if you aren't following us on youtube we're going to be doing a bit more over the coming summer on youtube so please subscribe to the to to us there you'll find us on for the love of paul mcgraw but only for the love of paul mcgraw podcast out there you can't confuse us with anyone else so if you find us that's us and um, so we would really, really love uh, any likes, shares, and also any subscriptions on YouTube as well. So you can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. Thanks for a fantastic season, Aston Villa. Thanks for a fantastic season of listening to us. Everybody really appreciated, as I said before. Um, we're coming into the off season Euro 2021 is is on the horizon and after that we'll be swiftly into the new season again but until then and until the next time we see you again probably later on this week all that's left to say is up the villa up the
0: villa